Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis from Elsevier, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the pandemic and beyond. Hi, everybody. I'm Michael Curries. In some ways, this is going to be a normal episode of the show in that you'll be hearing from Osmosis co-founder and Raise the Line host, Shiv Gagani. But instead of asking the questions today, he's going to be answering them. Regular listeners may have noticed, actually, that Shiv's not been hosting the podcast quite as much recently, due in part to his work to launch the Year of the Zebra campaign that's designed to boost awareness of rare diseases. And that activity has included climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in February. So today he's going to give us the backstory and details on the Year of the Zebra campaign, including information on how you can get involved. So Shiv, it's great to be with you. And I want to note that out of the 360 guests we've had on this show, you were the hardest one to schedule. <laughs> well, thank you, Michael. Obviously, it's a nice full circle moment. Uh, it's been really fun to be on the other side. And so hopefully you won't grill me too hard on, on this side as a guest. Well, speaking of that, I do want to start with kind of a tough question that's been on my mind for three years. And I think our audience deserves an answer, which is, if you were an animal, what kind of animal <laughs> would you be? Well, it's funny because zebras are top of mind right now, so that's the ah, obvious. I thought that's you the would obvious, say zebra. That's the obvious answer. But no, yeah. I will, I will, I will say what I actually say when I'm asked that question is uh, is hawk. I really like hawks for several reasons, but one is um, obviously they fly. Like that's amazing to get that bird's eye view and to be able to, you know, sometimes you see birds, they look like they're just having a lot of fun. And number two is I actually went falconing with the hawk last year and got to get up close and personal with one. And they're incredible. They talk about focus and how they are able to see things that no other birds can see. They can go really fast and capture their prey or, you know, in this case, maybe launch an initiative or a company. But then they also <laughs> rest. And it's funny because they're also super goofy when they walk. If you ever see a hawk walk, they're really goofy. Uh, and so I like that playfulness where, like, they aren't good at everything. They're really, really good at one thing and then they kind of suck at the other things. And that uh, keeps you grounded. So do you think this parallels you? Like, what is it that you suck at? I haven't heard anything oh, along those me. lines. I suck at so much. Uh, <laughs> I think it's good to like do things you you stink at because it, it keeps you humble, keeps you learning. And also when you suck at something, you can truly be playful. I mean, right now, even this, I'm worried because I've done so many of these interviews that like, you know, being on both sides, actually, that uh, I'm sort of known to be able to do this stuff. But like, so the performance anxiety is there you know, even though I've done this so many times versus something like if someone gave me a guitar, I know, I know I can't play guitar. So I might as well just pluck around and play with it. Yeah. Talk about the view though, too. I don't want to go too deep into the Hawk thing, but what is it that you like about that? I, I think perspective. I, I, I tend to love anything that improves my perspective, you know, both from a high level, like seeing two, three, four steps ahead, 30,000 foot. I mean, there's so many analogies, obviously Hawks can do that, but then they they have this combination of being able to see broad perspectives from you know flying at 10,000 20,000 feet but then also seeing really detailed right because in order to dive bomb and capture whatever they're trying to capture like a mouse or something they have to be super detail oriented and then if we want to continue the analogy you know you've heard this on raised line many times we talk about going where the puck is headed training clinicians of the future you know clearly they're able to anticipate which way their their prey will move. And obviously it's a violent analogy because they're animals and they hunt. But um, in general, when we launch an initiative or a company or something, uh, you're not only thinking what's the current state that has to be solved, but where are things going? And is this going to be something that's worthwhile doing in the next you know couple months or a couple of years? So what is your prey? What are you hoping to capture? You know, that changes over time. But the 
commonality between everything I've done pretty much for the past decade has been something in healthcare or something in education, or obviously in the case of osmosis in both. And so what I like to summarize is I like to create scalable solutions in the fields of healthcare and or education. Well, that's a good way to sum it up. So Year of the Zebra, major initiative from Osmosis from Elsevier, launched in February officially on Rare Disease Day to, as I mentioned at the beginning, kind of bring a spotlight on rare disease issues. And really this started back in the fall, the seeds of it, if you will, uh, were you booking more and more guests on the podcast who had rare diseases themselves or were the parents of children with rare diseases. But I want to back up and find out why even that started happening. How did you first get interested in this topic and, and why did you want to do something as major as you're the zebra about it? Yeah, it actually goes way back from my personal interest to when I was first started medical school at Hopkins, which was 2011 to 2013. That was my first foray in med school. And, you know, I pretty much famously talked about how lectures annoyed me a lot because they were really slow. My professors were great clinicians and researchers, but they weren't trained to be teachers, most of them, a couple of rare exceptions. And the only exception for like the lecture hall uh, classes that I really liked and many of my classmates liked were the clinical experiences where we had patients come in. Many of these patients had rare conditions. So we had a cystic fibrosis patient panel. We had a phenylketonuria patient panel. And we had these patients who were just like us. Many of them were young and, you know, in our young 20s, like most of the med school class, and talking about their daily challenges, whether people with phenylketonuria, about what they could eat, and if they didn't eat the right thing, how that would impact them. And then cystic fibrosis, you know, people who previously could not even live into their 20s, let alone 30s, um, and then also had a lot of physical therapy and lung respiratory therapy growing up. Um, and so, you know, it gave me a, a deep interest in their conditions. And then hearing that juxtaposed with that advice of when you hear hoofbeats, think horses, not zebras. So it was kind of weird to like meet these patients, but then also hear, actually don't think cystic fibrosis when someone comes in with lung complaint. And so I had that interest for a while at the American Medical Student Association a couple of years later, uh, while I was full-time on osmosis, met the National Organization for Rare Disorders, which was also exhibiting just like osmosis was, and pitched them this idea of creating osmosis-type videos on rare diseases. So that was the first kind of partnership we created in that space. Right. And then since then, kind of we're dripping out these videos, getting to know these patients in these groups. You've met a number of them out through RTL, like Suzanne Peak, Tom Rebecci, and those folks. And just the more of them I've met, the more inspired I am by their stories and the things they've done. Um, not only as in, as patients or, or parents or family members of loved ones with these conditions, but also as community organizers, you know, as researchers, as scientists, as advocates, as policy change makers like Philippe Pachter, trying to change the whole EU's policy around healthcare across border. So really inspired by them. And I think it just built from there. I think anybody who spent as much time with rare disease parents and patients as we've done will get passionate about this. But it also speaks to, I think if you just spend enough time in any field, you're going to find something that makes you passionate. And certainly that's the case here with the, the zebra. Um, and then uh, one last thing I'll share before you, I'm sure you ask another question about it, is just having these themed like years or themed times of your life, like making this the year of the zebra, it's very cool. I, I own more zebra swag than I ever thought I would <laughs> own. And I'm sure Including a zebra suit. A zebra onesie, which has taken me yeah, to Yeah, there's pictures of you in it, in fact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah snowboarding in that. Um, so I own more of that, but also it's just kind of a cool way to organize one's life, I think, is to say, like, this is 
the year of X or the quarter of Y or like, you know, my med school years, my business school years. I think it's a kind of a cool way to, to really focus in, like, again, going back to this hawk analogy. Yeah. Well, and I can totally relate to your point about what you meet these people and talk to them. You get inspired and you feel like you want to do something because they are up against it and they're so committed to their kids and to helping other kids. In fact, I just um, interviewed Dr. Jerry Landman, a physician, mother, and she and her husband, who's also a physician, have started Moonshots for Unicorns. But from the beginning, it wasn't just about helping their daughter, Lucy. It's about figuring out how they can help every kid that's got a single gene disorder. And that's a theme that you run into talking to these folks all the time. It's really about everybody else who's affected, not just us. Totally. Yeah, a great, great community. And, and we've met parents whose children unfortunately passed away. You know, Dr. Matt Might from University of Alabama, his, his child passed away recently, but he's still working on this out of kind of unity with the community and also knowing that, you know, now he has a life purpose. Uh, or he had life purpose before, but because of his child, he like that kind of pivoted towards this. Yeah, no, it's remarkable stuff. So we've got obviously a lot of guests on Raise the Line. Uh, tell folks what some of the other elements are to the Year of the Zebra campaign. Yeah, this is one reason I've been so excited about having joined Elsevier. You know, we, we did this about a year and a half ago almost. And uh, most startups that get acquired, I've talked to the founders, I'd say like seven out of 10 of them are unhappy with the cultural change and you know, things that change. And, you know, we, there are certain growing pains, like we switched from G Suite to Outlook. That was pretty annoying. Um, and there are a few <laughs> other things. But this was where it matters. This was one reason I've been very happy with having joined Elsevier, um, is that we knew about their culture and their ratings before Osmosis became part of Elsevier. But uh, this was the first, in my perspective, the first major initiative we pitched to them that not only did they support, but they made a major part of Elsevier Health. And they've given us a ton of resources and helped us connect the dots with other parts of Elsevier. So, for example, uh, we're working with their entire Elsevier health team and launched the Rare Disease Healthcare Hub, which is one of the few healthcare hubs they've created, one on COVID-19, one on women's health, and now this, this one on rare diseases, where we're basically centralizing all of this great content, not just the osmosis-style videos, but the great global content partners book chapters, uh, the announcement for the open access journal called Rare, uh, Journal of Rare Disorders. And so that's actually a, a, another really cool initiative that we had barely anything to do with. It's the STMJ division of Elsevier, which publishes over 2,500 journals, obviously big ones like The Lancet and Cell, our learners may be familiar with and have submitted to. But this new rare disease journal uh, with this great clinical geneticist editor-in-chief out of the Netherlands is going to be a central repository for patients and parents to also submit their open access content, like Philippe Pachter, who talked about this on the Raise Line podcast. Um, so those are just two big examples of other initiatives that Elsevier has done to support the Year of the Zebra. They've obviously put money towards it. And what we found with having about 9,000 teammates at Elsevier is that dozens, if not hundreds of them, have also direct experience with rare disorders. So some of our teammates right. have ankylosing spondylitis. They have kids with Langerhans cell histiocytosis. We've heard directly from these teammates and we've created content or released content around their conditions. Uh, obviously, Maria Fromer, our head of nursing content, we had on the podcast. Her husband, Jack, has retroperitoneal fibrosis. So it's added even more meaning towards what we do here at Elsevier and what we can do with our partnerships. So uh, long story short, I'm very uh, grateful to people like Jan Herzog and Kumsel Bayezid and many others, uh, Elizabeth Munn, who've been supportive of this concept since day one. So to sum up, they not only 
walk the talk, they gallop the talk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. So Kilimanjaro, uh, you actually saw zebras in person as part of that whole adventure that you had over there. Tell us about that. How did that come about? What was the experience like? Well, it's been a, a bucket list item for some years, climbing Kilimanjaro. And, you know, with the zebra initiative, it was like, well, there's no better time than to go there. And first of all, do something hard and raise money for Nord, uh, which we've done, as well as Beacon, which Elsevier has actually worked with since way in 2016. Um, Rick Thompson, who's going to be on the podcast soon, is the head of what used to be called Find a Cure, and now it's called Beacon. And we've done hackathons, datathons with their organization to find drug targets, novel drug targets for rare diseases like chronic pancreatitis. And so we've donated money to them. Obviously, Kilimanjaro helped, um, just like running a marathon or a 5K. We put some fundraising efforts behind that. And then there was a group of eight of us, um, some of whom are my friends, like one of my high school friends who runs innovation at a health insurance company now. Uh, but then two of the eight people in my group actually have rare diseases. Uh, one has hereditary angioedema, and she carried her medicine, which was discovered because of the Orphan Drug Act, up with her to the summit. And she actually, the night before we summited, put an IV in and, and actually put some medicine in her just out of an abundance of caution. Wow. Um, the other one has Huntington's disease. And uh, obviously, luckily, it doesn't have any symptomatic, was just diagnosed recently. But they're sort of raising money for Huntington's disease and turning this real tragic thing into a very stoic outlook. Um, and so one fourth of our group had direct rare diseases and then the others had some sort of connection. Obviously, it was an incredible experience. I think the formula for memories for me and happy memories is doing uh, things with people you love, like friends and family, in beautiful places. Tanzania, Kilimanjaro, it's a beautiful place um, for a good cause. That combination of three things is hard to beat as far as things that I think I hopefully at some point in my deathbed look back on and be happy I did. So, and a lot of people have come up with woodwork since then and said, hey, how do we do this? And we're giving them advice and I'm doing it. Some other groups that are raising money. I just heard yesterday from a group at Elsevier that's going to do a, another fundraiser to raise money for these organizations. So hopefully it's had a bit of a ripple effect in at least our uh, Osmosis slash Elsevier community. And if you don't believe that he actually did it, folks, there is a picture out there of him wearing the zebra costume, standing near the sign that says, you've reached the peak of Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> I like these PR moves, as you know. It must have been pretty cold up there, I'm thinking. What's the, what, how many feet high is it? It's 19,300 and change. That's way up there. So that's 10,000 short of Everest, roughly. Yeah, Everest still puts it to shame. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was cold up there. Luckily, I did the Wim Hof retreat right bef the week before. So. Ah, so you're used to cold. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's just amazing, Shiv. And it was a, a great way to raise awareness of the whole thing. So um, how can people get involved? Yeah, we, well, we have an easy site, osmosis.org forward slash zebra. And make sure if you go there, you're at least subscribed to our free newsletter that drops a, a zebra of the week run by Lewis Naser and Lindsay Smith, who are, as you know, Michael, two of our rock star teammates without whom the year of the zebra would not have happened. And so that's number one. But number two is they can just email us zebra at lcvr.com if they have any ideas. If you have a connection to a rare disease, if you want to create content on it, if you want to volunteer, even if you want to do research, we can try getting you connected. So we want to be front and center helping you as a future or current scientist or researcher or physician, clinician, um, get plugged in and motivated to help anyone who has a rare disease. Yeah, no, it's going to be exciting this year to see what comes from all of this, all the kind of energy it's bringing to the whole issue and the ripples that will flow from that. So listen, we're going to have to leave it there, Shiv, but thanks so much for everything you're doing on this great initiative and for taking time to join us today. Thanks so much, Michael. Take care. 
I'm Michael Carice. Thanks for checking out today's show. And as always, remember to do your part to raise the line and strengthen the healthcare system. We're all in this together. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our episodes at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast. Thank you.